much for joining us. This is Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. I'm a clinical psychologist, leadership consultant, and a really big fan of you getting to fulfill your life purpose. I want you to get unstuck and unlock your potential relationally, emotionally, spiritually, and vocationally. Thanks for joining us and let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome to Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. And today I have the huge privilege to be with my dear friend, Dr. D. Williams. She is like spreadsheet a mile long. She's got a lot that she's doing. So she's an entrepreneur. She's an educator. She's in the marketplace. Uh, she's a leader in the church space. So she is on several mountains. She is a huge influencer and leader exactly where she's been planted. And in our friendship, we've done some other episodes in the past. And as we were visiting today and thinking strategically and praying for you, we were thinking through, hmm, what are the keys that you may need? to really walk in your greatest life and your abundant, joyful, fruitful harvest that the Lord would love to give you. And she came up with a fantastic idea. So we're going to be talking about the joy of, go ahead, Dr. D. The joy of obedience. <laughs> Doesn't that sound exciting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I had you say it. <laughs> right. Um, and that's it's right. And, and that's, that's exactly what we want everybody to feel from the excitement that we have to talk about obedience today. And it's so funny. I felt like that was a major setup. So <laughs> the joy of obedience. So I'm, I'm definitely ready to rock and roll. <laughs> Absolutely. Because if we see it through the right lens, Scripture says that his boundaries have fallen in a pleasant place for us. If I see God as this big rule, negative Nancy, he wants to take away anything fun that I want, then obedience is like death and crucifixion and it's terrible. But if I see God as like my best friend, the one who gives me like Christmas morning feelings and just opens opportunities that I never could have done on my own, then I trust his no. And I trust him when he says yes to go forward, that he'll back me up. Absolutely. But that comes through intimacy. That comes from a long term of track record and relationship and stepping out and him proving himself faithful and the times that maybe we have a no. And for many of us, we can walk around discouraged, disappointed, thinking God's doing it in everybody else's life. Why won't he do it in my life? And Dr. D, what would you encourage somebody about a reframe of how no can actually be a really big blessing in our life? Absolutely. I think it starts with, you know, the reframing of the mind, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, it's uh, Romans 12 that talks about renewing our mind, you know, mm -hmm. making sure that every day that we're allowing our mind to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think that when we really lean into that scripture, like we have to go, we have to visit stuff like this daily, right? So because I'm certain those of you all who are listening, you've heard that before, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? And not like falling subject to the things of the world and allowing it to 
really guide you, but really allowing the Holy Spirit to transform your mind so that you can have the mind of Christ. So you've heard that before, but sometimes we take it and, you know, we forget about it when we go on about our daily lives. But it's such an important scripture to have before us every day, because every day we're enamored with so much. We have social media, our friends that are around us, our coworkers, business partners, pastors, friends that we've met through ministry and just so many different things and so many different people and we're seeing so much but we have to make sure that when we are making decisions about our lives and about our business that we are hearing the voice of God as it relates to us and not only hearing it but obeying it even when it doesn't make sense mm -hmm. and so the first part of being okay and having the joy of obedience is renewing your mind and being okay with our father being a guide you know we we quote um the uh, 23rd psalm and we say the lord is my shepherd i shall not want and i think we forget about how powerful that is yeah. because a shepherd guides a shepherd leads a shepherd wants to help you he wants to keep you safe he wants to make sure that you have what you need in order uh, for you to be successful in life and in business. And so if the Lord is truly your shepherd, you have to be okay with um, finding joy and obedience and knowing that he's going to lead and guide you into a way that you can't even fathom. The scripture says that, you know, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard the things that God had planned for us. And guess what? That means you haven't seen it either. And you haven't heard it either because God's ways are so far above ours that we can't fathom the things that he has for us. But what we can do is trust in his guidance. And we're able to get that. We're able to trust in his guidance when we're okay and we find joy in obedience. And that comes through transforming and renewing our minds daily about who God is as the great shepherd. Yes. And I think an analogy he's given me that I share with a lot of my patients is if you were on a military base and you're in the middle of terrorist activity, and let's just use the analogy, it's the American kind of like military base in the middle of ISIS. And you, as long as you're in those boundaries and perimeters, then you have all the military, all the protection, all the provision, everything is taken care of. Because on this planet, there is an enemy and we are in the middle of war. And so with our free will, we can choose to stay in the parameters of that base or with our free will, we can walk out and we can say, I choose not to. You are still loved. You are still valuable. You're still a child of God. But when you step outside of obedience and you say, I'm going to do it my own way, you are loved, but you're now moving into ISIS territory where you no longer have that protection and provision and the close proximity of a whole team standing behind you. Doesn't mean that you're not adored and loved and going to heaven, but it means life is much harder in the place of disobedience because in essence, I am looking to myself as my guide, as my source, my provider, my protector, that my way is better than God's way. And in a world wired based on mistrust and self-sufficiency, the idol of self-reliance, um, that yeah. we are so quick to go, well, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, that can't be God because blah, blah, blah. 
instead of going, Lord, what is your will in this situation and how can I partner? And if I don't want to do it, would you give me the grace? Would you change my heart and give me the desire to want to be obedient in this area that may be challenging to say no to my flesh? Absolutely. I, um, as you were talking, Shannon, I began to think of uh, several scriptures that actually came to my spirit. And it's why I love the Bible so much, because um, there's an acronym that they say, you know, that uh, that they've attributed to the Bible. And when you spell it out, um, they say it's basic instructions before leaving earth. Mm-hmm. So God has given us this uh, Bible as an instruction tool and a guide. And so as you were talking, you give an example about the military base and you were talking about how a lot of times we want to take charge and do things our own way. And we fall into this, I, I, um, the behavior of, you know, self-reliance and different things of that nature, because we do have free will to do it. Right. Yeah. But, you know, the scripture says there's a way that seems right to a man, mm-hmm. but at the end of that way is destruction. And so that is so relevant as we talk about obedience, because you can absolutely do things the way that you want to do them. I mean, God is, you know, when I was being raised, they said, God is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And though there are rules and parameters, he's never going to force you to do anything. Mm -hmm. So you have the opportunity to do business and life and and raise your family, however way you choose. Mm -hmm. However, there is a way that's better. There's a way that when we are in the sheepfold and when we are believers, we can rely on the good shepherd to guide us because he is doing uh, all that he's doing to protect us. Mm-hmm. Our world is so big uh, and God understands that. And that's why we have parameters. I mean, even he gives instructions to nature. Look how immense and massive the ocean is but yet it stops at shore. That's so powerful and it shows the power of God and the importance of parameters Mm. because there are people and animals that have to live on a uh, terrain that's called the earth form. And so I have to stop and give the seas a place to stop because this has to happen in this specific area. So in life, there are things that we don't understand because we're not God. And when we start to move into doing things outside of his will and outside of his instructions, we begin to take on a God complex Mm -hmm. to believe that we know what's best and we have control. And one of the things that's most laughable about humankind is that we think that we're in control. It's one of the most humorous and laughable things that, you know, when you really begin to think about it, when you are dropped in the middle of a jungle, you have the least control because the animals run that kingdom. And if you don't know how to properly navigate that space, then you're going to be on the dinner table. So you have to make sure that in life, you're not on the dinner table. You're not allowing the enemy. You're not allowing, because we have an enemy, you know, there is a war and there are parameters that God places to protect us during this war. And there are many of us 
who are called to engage in this war. That's why he created in the Ephesians 4 makeup of the church. That's why he gave some apostles, some prophets, some pastors, teachers, evangelists. He gives us all of that because many of us are called to operate in this war mm-hmm. on the behalf of people. That's why pastors lead people. We pastors lead and they are at war, you know, for the people that they've been called to. So there's some of us who operate in this war, but then there are those of us who have, you know, are being shielded because there are troops in place. So when you are thinking about life and making decisions, it is okay to settle your mind. It is okay to decide that you don't know what's best. And that doesn't make you any less loved. It doesn't make you any less uh, celebrated or powerful or meaningful. God loves you just the way that you are. Your family will love you just the way that you are, but you become most powerful when you submit to the obedience of God as it relates to your life. So good. That's so good. And there's so many perks and benefits to obedience because we're not in control and we don't know what the future holds. Um, And I'm just thinking through so many examples, even in my own life. I remember the time that I was literally Twitter pated for this guy and I've never felt it before, but it was like Bambi when they couldn't get the little legs under them. Like I was like, so like I, words were just awkward. They were not coming out. I was so Twitter pated about this guy. And I um, remember the Lord saying, start thanking me for my nose. And I was like, huh, I've never heard somebody say that. I I don't know what that means, but I'm like, okay, Lord, thank you for when you tell me no. And the guy walked back in and it was like this, this uh, filter, this lens of just this magical euphoria I felt around him and it was removed. And the Lord started to show me um, if I went that direction while he's a great guy and there's nothing wrong with him, it wasn't my kingdom assignment and the path uh, that that would lead to. And so the Lord has a good, perfect and pleasing will. And so we want to be in that perfect will in that space where we can say, God, thank you for your no. That even though it may be a good thing, it may not be your best thing. And I really, I have one shot at this life. This life is a breath. It's a short term, you know, quick assignment. Let's complete everything that's written in the book over our lives that God dreamed up. But that requires me every day saying, yes. I'm going to say yes when you say yes. And I'm going to say no when you say no, even if it may be disappointing to us or to others and break the fear of man and people pleasing and posturing and trying to promote ourselves or do something that would further God's agenda, but may not be what he is doing. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Um, Something you said that just stood out to me when you talked about, of course, you know, being okay and being happy with God's no. Mm -hmm. And I love um, the fact that you took that journey because many listeners are, are thinking, you know, how do I get there? You know, how do I be okay when I really want something and God says no. Mm -hmm. And so I I think about this when, you know, when you're a child, um, you know, you hear no a lot. 
you know, from your parents. I mean, that's like their next, you know, thing besides I love you. No, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, we get that a lot. And, and when I was growing up, um, I remember a couple of times, you know, I would ask for a gift or I would ask for something that I saw on television commercial, might've been a toy or a doll or something. And, and I wanted it. And, you know, at the time, you know, my grandmother or my aunt or someone would say, no, we're not, you're not getting that, you know? And then uh, during Christmas, I would get that exact toy that I asked for four or five, maybe the several months before, um, you know, and it would be something even uh, maybe even better than what I was looking at before. But because of their um, ability as adults to be able to discern that just because it looks good right now doesn't mean that's going to be the best for you or that you should have it um, or it will last as long. Let me, let's wait a while. And so that when you do get something, I can get you something of better quality. Mm -hmm. I can get you something that will last a little bit longer. And so God's no is not like a permanent stamp of not being able to receive from him. It's him saying that I don't want you to have this particular thing at this particular time. Exactly. One, because I may have that same thing for you at a later time that will be more effective for your life, or I will have something better that will be more effective for your life and business. So yeah. again, it's all about the perspective. And because we are children of God, he often, just like parents, will say no, just as often as he say, I love you, because he is trying to help us to understand, you know, that in life, again, he is the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. He's the one that will lead and guide us into all truth, um, the truth about who we are and the truth about the people we are called to and what we're supposed to do. As you said earlier, life is but a vapor. Solomon talks about it in Ecclesiastes. Life is but a vapor. I mean, I don't care if it's been, you know, people live a hundred years, 77 years, however long to God is a vapor. And so to be in this earth, is a privilege mm -hmm. and to do what God is placed inside of you to do is a reward. It is such a reward within itself because you've accomplished a mission. And that's what he's birthed each and every one of us to do for those that are listening. You were born with purpose. You were born to do what God had written in the Lamb's book of life to do. And so you wanna make sure that you are hearing his instructions to get that done so that you can hear those words, yeah. well done, thy good and faithful servant. Like you want to hear that at the end of your lifespan, but you also want to hear that while you're living mm -hmm. because God tells you why are you living. That's what he did to Jesus. When John baptized Jesus, you know, the voice came from heaven. This is my son and mm -hmm. whom I'm well pleased. He hadn't ascended yet. He wasn't in heaven yet, but God told him why he was on earth. This is my son and I'm pleased with him because he's been obedient. Yeah. And so that's what God, you want to hear God say, I'm pleased with you, mm -hmm. even while you're here living on earth. And so yeah. that's why it's important. And you can find joy in God being pleased with your obedience. Yes. And he'll reward it. He's the yeah. rewarder of those who diligently yes. seek him. Absolutely. So Dr. D, can you think of any times that obedience led to something that you were like, whoa, that was a bigger blessing than I could have even expected? Absolutely. Um, one of the um, trail markers in my life 
is what I like to call them, those things that just stick with me mm-hmm. when it relates to talking about my history with God, is when I received an opportunity to go to a conference and it was, I think, March of 2010. And um, I was really sort of on the fence about going to this conference. And um, the money was not necessarily the issue, um, but I wanted to do something else with the money. So I didn't want to use it for this conference. And, um, but lo and behold, I I went ahead and and I was at the conference and um, the guest speaker was an amazing speaker and he empowered me and encouraged me so very much to the point that I actually received an opportunity to travel um, to China um, from, you know, just going to that speaking engagement, receiving that empowerment and really connecting with some people at, I was working at the university at that time. And I, um, you know, I had this opportunity to travel to China and I wasn't going to go because um, even though everything was paid for by the university, I was going through some challenging experiences at that time during my life. I was going through a divorce. Um, you know, I had lost my mom the year prior and I was really going through some challenges and really believing God that the things that were spoken over my life were actually going to come to pass. And here I am, I'm dead smack in the middle of manifestation of, of some of the things that he said I would do such as be a global educator and so on and so forth. So this is my, at this time, probably third opportunity um, traveling out of the country doing presentations. And I was just like, no, I'm not gonna go. I have a divorce date coming up and I don't have the money for that, um, you know, for this opportunity, because even though that's paid for, I would still have to live when I went there and so on and so forth. And, you know, I didn't have much. And I said, God, if you really want me to go, I will go. I, I will do this. And I traveled. I, I stayed. Um, you know, I had to come back for uh, the, the, the court date for the divorce, but I went and I stayed for the summer. It was a duration of a summer. And I lived in China. I lived in middle China, in Haizhong, um, Haizhong um, province. And um, I was there and uh, God just really began to minister to me while I was there and literally there was never a day that I had to pay for anything out of my pocket. I lived in another country, 15 hour flight across the world where I knew no one. And I didn't have to pay for a meal. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to pay for travel. I had excursions. I enjoyed my life and I paid nothing. And I came back with three times the amount of money that I, when I went for my personal expenses, because I was paid for the, the, you know, for that particular uh, assignment. And I was just amazed at the faithfulness of God because I was obedient to still go. Even when I didn't feel comfortable, I didn't feel like, you know, I would survive, you know, monetarily because so many things were going on. And I mean, I didn't miss anything. And it's one of the, the, the monumental spaces. And, and of course there were so many other amazing, miraculous hand of God experiences that I had while I was living in China. Wow. But that, that just, it just sticks with me so because I'm reminded that he will take care of me no matter where I am. Yeah. And it reminded me of the song of David where he says that 
even when I'm in hell, you're there. Mm. And so it doesn't matter uh, where you go and where you end up. When you obey God, when you um, do what he says, he's going to be there with you. And not only will he be there just in the midst, but he will be Jaira. He will be the provider for you in those specific places. So Mm -hmm. I always tell people my new conversation with people is I trust my history with God. Wow. I trust my history with God that when I obey him, he is going to provide. And so that is what I will say to those that are listening. Trust the history with God because he will provide. He is Jaira. Yeah. Um, and, and he is going to provide in those moments when you just step into obedience and you will have joy in knowing that he will take care of you when you obey. So good. So good. And a lot of times we have to do it before we have evidence, right? So when the priests were told to put their feet in the flood water to walk out across when there is no way that the Lord will often ask you to maybe give your last meal metaphorically, just like the widow um, that she gave her last meal to the prophet. And then the Lord abundantly filled her back up. But many times the Lord is asking us, Will you obey first? Yeah. Not because he's sadistic and just wants to take things away. And he has this power trip because he's training our soul to trust. Yes. And the first stage of life is trust versus mistrust. Mm. And unfortunately, many of us believed a lie. We've gone through pain, abandonment, rejection, disappointment, um, even some parenting where people did the best they could, but there was a a teaching that you should let your child cry it out and just leave them to self-soothe, which you do not do with an infant. If anybody is listening, don't do that to an infant. They have to actually interject you in, take you in before they learn how to self-soothe tangent. But that first year of life, if any of us, for any reason, it didn't even have to be a big trauma, but if at any point we said, I can't trust others to meet my need, that now serves as a foundational core, an unconscious rule book that then I apply everywhere going forward without realizing that I'm doing it. And so my conscious mind, I'm renewing my mind. I'm believing God's faithful. I sow and he will abundantly repay to those who are generous. I know that mentally, but for many of us, it can be really hard to lay down something now or to walk forward or expend something when I don't see the result of how it's going to pay off. And what he's doing is he's tenderly discipling your soul to trust. He's speaking to this unconscious part of you that's scared that if you give that money away, if you go to that conference, if you give your time up, if you serve that person, if you turn the other cheek and extend love and grace instead of standing up for yourself, um, if you give the very fur coat that you were hoping to get for yourself and then you had to give it to somebody else or whatever it might be, if you lay down a dream or an education or something you were hoping for and say, God, I'm going to submit that, what he's doing is he's telling your soul Hey, when you're not in control, I promise I will be so faithful to meet all of those needs. 
And so what we want to do on this channel is give you the clues, the keys on how to go to that deeper place of anxiety, insecurity, fear that drives so much of our disobedience. The Lord is not mad. He's not angry. He's not upset. He's inviting you into more. There is a shallow Christianity where you're going to get to heaven. Great. But then there's this adventurous life that he's wooing you into. He's saying, will you come along? Will you trust me that when you're not in control, I've got you. I've got your back. I'm protecting you. I'm providing for you. I am an armor and a shield around you. I am your exceedingly great reward. And when you let go of all the other idols, you release control, you fully surrender, you are wrapped in the glory cloud of his presence. And you find out that everything you've been idolatrously running after is so sweetly found and satiated in his presence. So we want to not just obey because it's the right thing to do. We want to obey because he has won my heart through relationship. I love how David said, he's teaching my soul to trust like an infant at my mother's breast. And so the Lord's taking us back to seasons where he's going to ask us to lay down some of our primary idols. And again, an idol doesn't mean that I'm bending down in front of a gold statue. It's anything emotionally that I've looked to, I've turned to, I've tried to protect myself. For some of you, it might be your calendar, your schedule, it might be your titles, your performance, your money, your relationships, your outward appearance, um, having romantic love, something in your life that you thought, if I just have that, I'll be safe. My needs will be met. And it's not that God is punitive or mean or trying to take things away. Quite the opposite. He's trying to restore to you a foundation of trust so that now he can grow you up like a deeply rooted oak tree of righteousness, that now there's a firm foundation that you are unshakable. And then he said, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and then he'll pour everything else back in your life. And so far, and I haven't lived my whole life yet, but I have seen every time that he's asked me to step out, um, you know, give money for somebody else's car. I've been given a car. <laughs> like I've given somebody a vacation. I've been given vacations back. You know, I've laid down relationships. The Lord has abundantly restored to me relationships, uh, finances. Yep. He's given that back too. And it's not that he's trying to take that thing away, or he's trying to be difficult about the outward situation. He's saying, if you release that, you know, like the analogy of the little girl with the teddy bear, if you hand it back to him, he's got this big teddy bear behind his back. And he's like, I am going to overwhelm overwhelm you. The floodgates of heaven will overwhelm every area of your life. When you finally surrender and say, God, I trust your ways. It may not always be easy. It may not be comfortable, but obedience yields such an joyful inheritance and a legacy that lives beyond you. And I know that Dr. D has lived that. And so we want you to come in this experience as well. I absolutely have lived that and there is so much joy um and I, like i said that's how we started this podcast there's so much joy um in really releasing myself to the father um those wounds of abandonment run deep uh, i was telling shannon offline that you know i wasn't raised by my parents and 
a lot of my upbringing, even after I found Christ, um, I had to deal with the spirit of abandonment and the spirit of the orphan and these different things because, you know, as an educator um, and in the work that I do, training educators uh, is one of the first things we talk about when when I focus on classroom management is has have you provided a safe space for children because that is one of the first things that Maslow Maslow's hierarchy needs of needs talk about it talks about safety and you know trust versus mistrust and that's what is so important because we carry those things even into our adulthood and those were lessons those experiences that I shared were lessons that the Lord was really building my trust meter. Like it was really building because of course, all of us will have different walks with God and all of our walkabouts are different. All of our experiences in life with God will be different. But as it relates to learning to trust him, he uses a lot of the same measurements. And that is, he will take you through an experience or he will share with you something to do that you absolutely do not want to do or that you don't think you should do or have to do. And But he's looking to see, um, will you trust him with your life and with your heart? And it yields so much goodness as you mature in trust with him. And because I think that's something that we don't talk about a lot in a life with Christ is that it's developmental. Um, and, and there are some people who just get it automatically when when Christ entered into their lives they just throw it all in and and they're just like God I trust you with my life and they're like extremely obedient um and I don't I haven't found that person but maybe there are people out there but for the most of us we are in development and we are learning because we have to shed all of those old vantage points that we are used to seeing things through. We have to shed those layers. We have to pull down uh, the tents and we have to make sure that we're not looking at Christ like we're looking at our mother who abandoned us or our father who abandoned us or our friend who let us down or the ex-husband who stepped out or you know this abusive relationship you might have been a part of. You have to make sure that we are seeing Christ clearly. Mm-hmm. And when we look at Christ clearly, it brings us joy to submit to a father who cares, to someone who we know will never let us down. And that is done through our history with God. And that's why I believe it's so important to make sure that we are thinking on those things that God has done for us. When we operate in gratitude, trust is easy. And so I say that because as a person who has gone through so many different emotional experiences in life and how I've seen, you know, Christ do a third through a dirty lens because of what I've experienced in life. I had to go through the Washington experience where, you know, I had to go through putting, having mud being put on my eyes for Christ to say, I need you to see properly Mm -hmm. because I was blinded by life circumstances. And so he had to share with me that he's a loving father. He doesn't want me to trust him uh, to take something away from me, but trust is about him giving me something. So, and when we look at, you know, that, when we look at trust as being a way where we're gaining something from God, because when we're trusting him, he's trusting us. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the most beautiful gifts that you can get from God when he trusts you with something because you've shown him that you trust him. And the reason why him trusting you is so important is because that's how we live in purpose. That's how we really are able to live out the life that God envisioned for us. 
because he's then now able to trust us with the funding and the finances or with the children, with the marriage, with, with the spouse, with the friendship, because we've shown we're willing to give it all up to have him because we know that when we have him, we have all of that yes. because he'll give us the necessary um, wisdom that it takes to maintain all of the things that he really desires to give them. He says, I have a cattle on a thousand hills that I want to give to you. I have all these things. I've called you to be wealthy. I've called you to draw men, to be fishers of men. I've called you to do all these things and I want to give them to you. But it first starts with you trusting me. You got to give up to gain. You got to be able to know that what you're giving up is uh, what you're giving up, you're getting something far greater. So I think that that's what brings joy. It's like, I'm yeah. pleasing my daddy. I'm pleasing my father. Mm -hmm. I'm pleasing the one who created me. And when I please him, you know, he even says in the scripture, like when you please God, he'll make your enemies be at peace with you. Like you won't even have to worry about haters and people doing you wrong and mm -hmm. different things, people not liking you. Like people will just be like, you know, I just love love you who you know never really liked you in the past he'll make your enemies be at peace with you man yes. that's gaining Come in on. life and so you'll be able to really live a life of peace and joy because yes. guess what God says in the scripture that he desires he's eagerly waiting to be your peace to be your yes. joy to, so that you can live in this place this is a posture it's just not something that in an emotion peace is not an emotion peace is a posture joy mm -hmm. is a posture. Right. It's a place where when we sit, he says, you know, that our joy is found in him. You know, mm -hmm. he is the fullness of that joy. When we seek him, his presence, being in his presence, we're postured in his presence. That means we're postured in joy. And yeah. so it's something that we're not saying, oh, we wake up with, you know, oh, I'm feeling good today or feeling like being obedient today. But no, my joy is in being obedient. My joy is being with you. And when we sit with with him, yeah. we're able to get all of these great things that God has for us, but we have to posture ourselves in a place of obedience and have joy doing it, knowing that the father desires to give us good gifts, every mm -hmm. good and perfect gift comes from above and he desired to give us good gifts. So those of you who are listening, God is not mean. God is not trying to punish you because he's telling you no, or he's asking you to do something that you asking you not to do something that you really want to do. He is actually getting ready. He's posturing you in position, mm -hmm. positioning you to receive more than your mind can even fathom. Absolutely. Come on. <laughs> yes. Yes. And what kept going through my uh, mind as you were talking is in that time of hiddenness. So many of you, especially toward, you know, when you first get saved, you're like an infant in Christ, right? And so he just comes immediately. Every prayer is answered. There's this yeah. like honeymoon, sweet child, father time he's trying to create for you. And then there's a sanctification where he's saying, you're no longer going to live on milk. You're now going to start learning how to chew meat. 
And that means he may not come right away. He may not answer right away. And for many people, they get disillusioned. They get frustrated thinking, is he mad at me? Did he go away? Did I do something wrong? Can I not trust him? And what he's doing is he's now allowing situations that trigger some of that old stuff so that it can finally be worked out properly. If we know what's happening, we can partner with that sanctification process. And sanctification is just a big word that means saying surrender, yielding that part of my projection, my mindset, my relationship template, my understanding, my judgments, beliefs, experiences, roles, whatever I picked up in life attached to that situation. If I understand him not uh, answering right away or him not giving you exactly what you want when you want it at your little time frame, that is him saying in this moment, when that uncomfortable feeling of anxiety and abandonment and fear and mistrust start to surface, that's your opportunity to say, oh, that's my old stuff. That's not your nature. I break that projection and belief, that lie that you're like the person of the past. And I welcome the reality that you are the one who rewards diligently those who seek you. And so Lord, I just thank you that there is freedom right now. I just sense that there is stuff getting unlocked right now. We command this uh, orphan, abandoned, rejected thing to come off of all of us, me included, Lord, that we would just abide in this acceptance and belonging so that then it's just constructive feedback from a good father who says, yes, no, stop, go forward, you know, releasing control, surrendering, doing that. All of that is done out of a heart posture of trust and yieldedness that brings this abundant joy even in the times where there's a delay, even in a time where you're like, okay, I did the thing. And yet there's not fruit yet of that in that time to not get offended, to not form a judgment against God, to diligently guard your heart against offense at the Lord and choose to decide that he is good. Even before I see the result, even before I see the harvest, when you are still serving somebody else, you have a terrible boss, you can't get a job. Uh, you can't get a relationship to save your life, or you're in a relationship that you'd like to get out of to save your life, whatever season you're in. And you just continue to walk faithfully and obediently, there's usually a delay. And all this character, this long suffering is producing perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And those who hope in the Lord shall not be disappointed because the Holy Spirit through love has been poured out into you. And this is an exciting season. The world's getting darker, which means the children of God will do great exploits. It means this is a time for us to shine even brighter to be such lovely ambassadors of this father who loves the world. And the contrast will be very stark between those who've been riding the fence and just fall over into lackadaisical and those who are saying, I'm digging my heels in. It may not be easy, but the road of obedience is narrow. And it will lead to great harvest because the kingdom of the opposites, right? You want to be first, you have to be last. You want to lead, you have to serve. You want to have, you have to give. Whatever that is in your life, we're asking you to just say yes, release control, surrender. We don't benefit from you doing that. We're just girls who have been overwhelmed by the goodness of God in our own lives. And we want you unlocked. 
And I just sense strongly that the Lord is highlighting some things. Something's going through your mind, even as you're listening to this. And this is an opportunity to say, God, I choose trust. I choose to trust that you're not going to abandon me, forsake me, reject me, have me give all my money away and then living under a bridge with feral cats. That's not your nature. You're going to abundantly, exceedingly, overwhelmingly reward my obedience. There may be a lag. There may be some time in between, but um, I know in one season, the Lord asked me to give most of my jewelry away and a lot of my earrings that I love. And now I look in my jewelry box and I'm like, where did all these earrings come from? And I love them even more than the ones that I sacrificed before. Little things like that. I think Dr. D just made such a great illustration of keep your track record with the Lord. Look back at his past faithfulness. And if you don't have that, borrow somebody else's testimony. And if he can do it for them, he can do it for you. He is not, he's not playing favorites. If anything, everybody is his favorite. He wants to reward you. He wants to bless you. Please just say yes, whatever that thing is in your spirit. And we want to hear from you, write comments, keep us up to date with what's going on in your life. And I know that we'll have Dr. D back because this is so exciting. Our little spirits are just like, fireworks over here when we get together. I adore her so much. And you can connect with her. She is um, unlimited potential. DrDUnlimited.com. DrDUnlimited.com. She's an educator and entrepreneur and soon to be an official prophetess who is ordained and a dear friend of mine. And I am so excited you've joined us for this adventure, this episode in particular, and we look forward to seeing you for the next episode. Bye guys. Love you. Hey friends, thanks for listening. We would love for you to get plugged in with the Unlock You community. So follow the links below and stay up to date with upcoming content, events, and groups. We are here to invest in you and tailor episodes around your interests. Post comments, and hey, if there are any specific topics you'd like to hear about, let us know so we can strategically build content that is meaningful to you. And will you share this podcast so we can invest into more amazing people? Be sure to hit subscribe so we can see you for the next episode.